Welcome, everyone, to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting. Nothing at all. I'm Chris. That's Dan. And welcome to Season 5 of The Simpsons. We made it to Season 5. Isn't this the season that has the stupid Homer disc cover thing? Where it's, like, bigger... And it doesn't match any of the other DVD sets. That is season six, and I have it. I have all the heads. And they are on a separate shelf entirely because they don't fit. Apparently, they're also collector items now, and they're actually worth a little bit of money. Yeah, because I watched a YouTube video about, about the controversy of that. Well, at the time, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Because when those came out, I was still at that point where, like, I either my parents would buy it for me as a gift because I was still living at home and that was still an option, or I was living at home and I had no other as expenses, so any money I got from working I could spend on whatever I wanted, so I got the more expensive Homer head. But well, yes. the Homer head was the only way you could get it for a long time, and in order to get a regular one, you had to go to a, spe- a special website. And order it, and in order to do it, you had to do a Q&A, and you had to essentially answer that you're a freaking jerk pansy, and you want a regular case. <laughs> they mocked you for wanting a regular case. And then, later, the guy's like, and you know what else? There's an easy exploit where you can put in a thing into, the, into just the address, and you can get every single person's address that requested a different box. And then Jay and Silent Bob flew to every single one of those addresses and beat the shit out of them. There we go. Yes, uh, that will be season six. And uh, we have season five to get through first. And I'm looking at the episode list here. This is another very high quality season we're about to review. There aren't a lot of episodes on here that I'm... I, I don't even see an episode on here, just on a precursory glance, that I don't like. There are episodes that I feel aren't as strong as the others, and we'll talk about them. But I don't think there's any episodes on this season that I down downright dislike. And I don't think we're going to get to one of those until... Well, I know the first episode of The Simpsons that I downright hate is coming. The first one I downright hate. It's either in season 6 or season 7, I do not remember. And then the next episode I truly hate is in season nine. So we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. We're getting there, but we're not there yet. All right. Are we ready to kick off season five, Dan? Indeed. Okay. So this, of course, is Homer's Barbershop Quartet. And right away on the chalkboard, Bart's writing, I will never win an Emmy. Ah. Self-awareness at its finest. And then the couch gag is they give up three couch gags for one couch gag. Yep. It's a it's a three-take couch gag, and I'm pretty sure all of these become regular couch gags or have been regular couch gags. Cause I'll tell you what, they wait they, they they waste couch gags here, and the next episode, which is my favorite episode of all time recycles one for the tw- like the 10th time yep. as the only thing I hate about the episode. Yep. Uh, the family shatters 
into a bunch of pieces. Santa's little helper walks in and just looks at the pieces. Uh, the family <clears throat> morphs into an amorphous blob, yeah. like they're made of Play-Doh. And then the last take is the family just up and explodes. Maggie's pacifier hits the ground. That's it. Those are your couch gags. That's uh yeah I I understand like, what you're saying. With all the repeats we've been having, you used three in one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, things happen. All right, so we are at the Springfield Swap Meet. Ich bin ein patrons because we got to have the uh, the Quimby. Quimby is JFK for people who haven't followed. Quimby is a direct parody of JFK with all of his, with his mannerisms, his accent, and the way that he, you know, quote unquote, was a Nazi. He was one of the, one of the old running gags. They actually tackle that with JFK himself in a later episode with Grandpa having a flashback where he reveals that he was one of the few people to learn John F. Kennedy's secret. And he says, Ich bin ein Berliner, and they beat him up. So, yes. Yes, welcome, Swappers, to the Springfield Swap, mate. I need a drink and a shower. So let's go over what everybody is selling. First, we have Handcrafts by Mo, which is missing the A in the word craft. Uh, he's making oyster shells that look like Lucille Ball. Over at the Flanders booth, he's got free trading cards. Really? It's Bible ones. <laughs> yeah, they're Bible ones. Who would have thought that learning about religion could be fun? Religion? Learning? Let's get out of here. One thing I never noticed was that they, when they run off, they take the cards with them. Did you notice that? Oh, did they? Yeah, they run off with the cards. Uh... Lisa discovers an original Malibu Stacy from 1958 that has giant bazongas. Yeah, they had to recall them because some kid poked his eye out. Yep, uh, and I love that some kid poked his eyes out. That's the best part about that. And then Skinner finds his old prisoner of war helmet. Which, of course, prisoner number... 24601! <laughs> We've, had, we've talked about this before, Jean Valjean. It's a direct reference. They reuse that all the time. He even tries it on, and it still fits. Then, of course, we've got Homer digging through a five-cent junk box. He pulls out an original copy of the U.S. Constitution. Oh, this is the Crazy Cat Lady's box, right? Uh, Alice Glick. Yeah. We haven't met the Crazy Cat Lady yet. I know when we meet the crazy cat lady, but this is the this is the other crazy lady. Uh, fun fact: this is a spoiler for a future episode. Alice Glick is one of the few characters to get killed off and stay dead. How about that? Including like Bing Gums Murphy and yeah, how many characters on The Simpsons actually die and stay dead? I don't know because there was that one on the the special clip show one where it was. Dr. Marvin Monroe and Bleeding Gums Murphy were the only two that had actually died. And then Dr. Marvin Monroe is revealed to not have died in the later episode. And then he's dead again. So they don't know what the hell they were doing. <clears throat> uh, also in the box is Action Comics number one. Yep. For five. <laughs> that's, what it, it was, that's what it cost way back in the day. Yep. 
Uh, we have the famous misprinted stamps. Airplanes upside down. LOL. And then Stradivarius. Stradivarius? A Stradivarius, yeah. Stradivarius? And the strings break. Homer, you dumb. You dumb. Uh, Marge is peddling off wishbone necklaces. Did you notice that in her booth she has several paintings, including her famous Homer on the Couch painting, uh, her Ringo Starr artwork is up there, some Mr. Burns artwork, and the sailboat from behind the couch that she's revealed she painted for Homer. But the real surprise comes when Bart and Lisa are thumbing through albums that the comic book guy is selling. That's the booth you would have been at, Dan. The the vinyl booth? Yep. You would have been oh, digging yeah. through that like oh, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah for, for newer listeners of Stupid Sexy Podcast, or if you don't follow our other podcasts, Dan is an avid vinyl collector. Or you are... I was just saying, I could put on display as we are going to supposedly have more and more frequent live on video episodes of the nerd table. So you're going to also gonna... available here at CKCC radio. Yes. Well, good. That's... Usually we can do a plug during the show. Nah. So for everybody who turns us off, when I start doing the plugs at the end of the episode, you snuck one in very well done. So you do it. You sneak one in every once in a while. Exactly. And that's when so that's the really... beginning. They can skip it. If it's at the end, they just turn it off. If it's in the middle, they skip it. But you have to do it during a segment, so they can't skip it. You gotta do it. You gotta do like a little bit, like a cobra striking, just in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Bam. Ah, uh, yes. But this is Homer's on an album, and Homer's surprised the kids don't remember. It was only eight years ago. Of course, that would have made Bart two. So I'm not surprised he yeah. doesn't remember. And Lisa, a newborn. <laughs> yeah. But Bart doesn't remember what happened eight minutes ago because of television, which is a great Just, gag. This is the third time I think this has come up. <laughs> yeah, that TV. And the entire before. family laughs, and he's like, no, really, it's a problem. And they continue <laughs> to laugh. And then he just starts laughing with them. Why are we laughing? <laughs> yep, it was the summer of 1985. A maturing Joe Piscopo left Saturday Night Live to conquer Hollywood. <laughs> People Express introduced a generation of hicks to plane travel. And Homer was in a barbershop quartet. They're singing Hello My Ragtime Gal at Moe's Cavern. Which I guess was the original name of the bar. Although it doesn't look any different. By the way, Why I... is it? It's, still, it's called Moe's Tavern, but the sign just says Moe's. Yes. <laughs> At this point. Yes. So, and they are performing in front of their... where the elite meet to drink. Yes. Uh, they are performing their gig in front of their one and only fan, Barney. Yo-ho! Oh, yeah, because someone throws underwear on the stage? Yes. <laughs> they are, uh... Yeah, it's... And the, the trio, or the quartet, I should say, is made up of Apu, Principal Skinner, Chief Wiggum, and, of course, Homer. And we see them performing at all these various venues. They perform at the old folks' home. 
Hey, that one's my son. Uh, the f- balding fat ass? No, the Hindu guy. <laughs> they perform at the prison. With Snake is already incarcerated in 1985. I'm going to hit that cop right between the eyes. Right well, wait till the song's scene. done. <laughs> yeah. And then he does hit him. And freaking Reverend Lovejoy is using them to distract them while he's sending around the collection plate. Uh, and, of course, Flanders is upset. Reverend, this isn't really a him. Uh, so, Ned, did you know in the parking lot there's an oil stain that looks just like St. Barnabas? I also love their uh, their closing line. Apu throws in the uh, goodbye, farewell, shop, quickie, Martin safe. And and their, their, uh, their crowd at Moe's has actually grown while they've been doing this. So, clearly, a couple of good things have been happening here. And they meet a British producer named Nigel, who wants to represent them. But they have to get rid of Wiggum, because he's too village people-esque. So, Dan, how do we get rid of Chief Wiggum? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, Homer drives him to the middle of nowhere and just leaves him. Yeah, he's like, you're free, boy! You're free! <laughs> Just throws him out. Yeah, because he's like got his head out the window with his tongue out like he's a dog. Where are we going? And then he howls, no! (laughs) So they audition a couple of replacements. They have Grandpa. Get off the stage! I want to, but I can't. Uh, They have Willie. You can always go... Ah! And then Jasper, just repeating himself. And then Dr. Doolittle, if he could walk with the animals, talk with the animals. And then they revealed, good lord, he's actually Chief Wiggum. And then, as they're drowning their sorrows at Moe's, they hear an Irish hymn being sung in the bathroom by this beautiful singing voice. And then the belch is heard, and they realize it's Barney. So Barney is recruited to join the group, which, of course, immediately gets this crowd that's chanting, Wiggum forever, Barney never. And Barney wins them over immediately with his yeah, great Barney singing. immediately voice. starts singing, and they go, they switch it around. <laughs> they switch the signs and everything. <laughs> Barney forever, Wiggum never. <laughs> Man, those girls he got to scream are doing great. I didn't pay any girls to scream. What? And, and now... They go outside? Yep, it's it's time. They, they, they've they got everything they need, except they I don't mean, have a name. We've got to have a name that stands out. What about a name that's kind of funny, but it gets less and less funny every time you hear it? How about the B-sharps? <laughs> then they all do the hands in. The B-sharps, and Wiggum joins them. <laughs> Can't blame the guy for trying. Sharps. Ah, <laughs> eh, you're all under arrest. <laughs> I remember that even as a kid, I always just loved that closing line where they're just glaring at him. He's just like, <laughs> "You're all under arrest." <laughs> so now we're back in the present. We're leaving the the swap meet where Bart bought a pencil holder. Ah, <laughs> oh, far out, man! I ain't seen a bong in years. 
Do you notice that Lisa bought one of the oysters that Mo was selling? Yes. yes. <laughs> and Marge is upset that uh, nobody bought a wishbone necklace. But Homer's like, it's okay. I made off pretty good. I sold some guy our spare tire. And the immediately tire goes out. So Marge is walking 12 miles to the nearest gas station. Well, this get... gives us an opportunity to continue the story. Yeah, just on the side of the road while they're waiting. So Homer is trying to write a song about Al Capone's vault. It's Al Capone's vault. It wasn't Geraldo's fault. Don't! Which I thought was actually kind of funny. And March shows up and she bought a baby on board sign so people will stop intentionally ramming their car. And Homer immediately is inspired. Baby on board, something, something, Burt Ward. Burt Ward. The rest of it writes itself. And they do. He writes their first number one hit. And this is, this was a joke I never understood as a kid. Like, I just remember that Marge is crying and I didn't really understand what it was. But now, as an adult, I really understand. Because the producer tells Homer that he wants the marriage to be kept a secret. So that way it'll seem like women will be able to have sex with him. So... It's like, we want them to think that they can. So, of course, he's just like, oh, I'll just tell Marge that. And then she's just sobbing hysterically. It's a classic pop move to do. Uh Don't ever ever go along that you're married, let alone dating anybody. Yep, because they want it to seem like you will. Because you will make less money. Uh, I I can reference this to... Our, uh, of course, our mutual connection to pro wrestling. This was something that was really big in the Southern Territories because all of the uh, the baby faces were encouraged to service the female fans. And that was a big, big thing that would happen. And two of the best at that were Ricky and Robert. The, the infamous Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, they were kings of servicing the female fans. You know, that's also why... So many stories about guys coming up and just getting, like, girls from the back of the line. Yep, just <laughs> because they could. The, they uh... looking any of my girls in to begin with. Plus, they were never going to get in there. They're, yep. like, 100th in line. Uh, the big thing that I always remember was the Hooters waitresses always wore engagement rings and always talked about being engaged or being married or at least having a boyfriend to try and discourage from being hit on by the male patrons. And I'm sh- while I was never one to hit on a Hooters girl because I always pictured Hooters girls as like it, the mentality was strippers. They don't they're not interested in you. They're doing their job. So just be respectful just, to them. The only tip they want is the money tip. Yeah. Which is why I've never had a bad experience with any of them because I never tried anything. Uh, friends of mine, on the other hand, clearly cannot say that. So. Still don't know if Liv Morgan was ever my Hooters waitress, but I guarantee you that she was working on nights I was there. Guaranteed. I've never even been in one, so. Here's the thing. It's the whole atmosphere thing and everything is like a selling point, but the bottom line is the wings are really good. It is absolutely worth going there to try the wings. I think the wings are great. 
Now, you can go to a wing house and get the exact same thing, but it's not really the same. I think uh, I think everybody should experience a Hooters at one point. Honestly, the wings are good. So just, just freaking go. So, yes, uh, Baby on Board is the is the new hit so we get to see everybody tuning in uh grandpa's listening to it on the radio and again he sh- tries to show off his son and jasper comes up and he goes hey paul harvey's on and that little boy that nobody liked grew up to be roy Cohn. wow and now yeah, they don't even they don't even hear any of the story all they hear is that very ending conclusion and they're just like wow greatest story ever dude yep uh the the song brings peace between the sea captain and the squid yeah in the middle of the thing i got nothing against i only wanted you because i heard there was a treasure in your bed (laughs) and the family is really enjoying it they're like homer's like i'm not gonna let it change our lives if i become famous i'm gonna be the same father i've always been have you seen Bart? Yeah, I put him somewhere. And we see Bart's in the, the laundry room with the, the basket on him with the rocks. And he's doing the, trying to make the noise. The, the cup against the, the bars. Yeah, the cup against the bars, yeah. <clears throat> oh, so, of course, he buys his dad a new car. Grandpa immediately has a heart attack. Give me the keys. And then one of my favorites is we do the uh, the Beatles press conference spoof, where they get off the plane and immediately go to the press conference. Yeah. And they they are dressed like the Beatles, right? They're doing the wave from the stairs. And of course, they start asking them all the questions. First of all, we have Apu de Beaumarchais, which I forgot to mention. This they force him to change his name because Nahasapina Petalon won't fit on a on a marquee. So true, you're actually an Indian. He's like. By the many arms of Vishnu, I swear it is a lie. Yes, because he's like, oh, you want me to throw away my entire family, livelihood, and and uh, belief system? Okay. Yeah, that is a disgrace, but okay. <laughs> uh, hey, Barney, how'd you join the group? They found me on the men's room floor, and everybody starts laughing, and he just has the single tear. Well, Principal Skinner, we heard that you are the uh, funny man of the group. Is there any truth to that rumor? Yes. <laughs> and they all laugh. <laughs> Just yes. The, the, the super dry yes. <laughs> and of course, they we see them performing on a on a navy ship right next to the Statue of Liberty. Ronald Reagan is there, the president of the United States, and he's upset because he's like these sand ceremonies are time I could be working, mommy. Uh I think that's the first, they, I mean, they've obviously taken, they take shots at all the presidents at some point, Clinton being their most prominent target because he was president when the show was at its height. I don't think they ever really did anything with Bush. I think that was more of a family guy thing, but they get, they've taken their shots at Carter and they're going to take their shots at George Bush, uh, senior Bush, of course. We haven't gotten there yet. But we're get we will get there. So they got their shot in at Reagan. Uh, they're also going to get a good shot in at Gerald Ford, although it's not really an unfair shot because he did fall down quite a bit. 
so there was so um yeah and like i'm gonna dedicate this next song to a woman that weighs 10 tons <laughs> and is feet tall and i go that woman would crush us all <laughs> and he jumps overboard no i meant the statue <laughs> and then we get the uh the johnny carson bit uh gilligan the skipper and chief wiggum named three castaways hi oh <laughs> he goes to shoot the tv Oh, this, this is edited out, out on the Disney Plus, by the way. Part of this is edited out. So he tries to shoot the television. He looks and unloads the entire thing. His wife says, Clancy, just use the remote. Now, he's supposed to say, I don't know where it is. And then she says, check your holster. Yeah. And then he finds it. Yeah. But they cut out the, just, they just went, just use the remote. And then he just grabs it from the holster. <laughs> And then, of course, Joan Rivers. Can we talk about Chief Wiggum? Oy! And he throws the gun at the TV and <laughs> breaks it anyway. And then we get to see the B-Sharps win a Grammy for Outstanding Soul Spoken Word or Barbershop Album of the Year. David Crosby! <laughs> Yo, you like my music? You're a musician? And then the greatest thrill of Homer's life as he meets... George Harrison of Beatles fame. They got they get three of the four Beatles on the show, by the way. This is the second one. Hey, where'd you get that? Oh, there's a plate of them. <laughs> yeah. Where's that? Did you get that brownie? Just scarfs the brownies down. It's just oh, like, nice oh. guy. <laughs> yeah, what a nice guy. <laughs> and then one of my, a really funny reference is he's on the phone, long distance talking to Lisa like, did you see the Grammy? She's like, you beat Dexie's Midnight Runners. Well, you haven't heard the last of them. <laughs> it, Dexie's Midnight Runners, were they only famous for their Bruce Springsteen cover? They did Come On Eileen. Oh, they did Come On Eileen, yeah. But they they were pretty much done, right? Like, right after that? Yeah, so they're a one-hit wonder. One-hit wonder. I miss you, Daddy. I miss you, too. And sad Homer takes his champagne bottle at his hotel and tips the guy with his Grammy. Aww. Oh, a Grammy. Hey, don't throw your garbage down here. So now we're back to present for the final part of the story where we see them uh, going through the B-Sharp merchandise, including Funny Foam. They're like, they took it off the market because they found that it was poisonous. Well, if you're stupid enough to eat it, you deserve to die. And then he turns around and yells at Bart, who is in the process of eating it. So what did you do? Did you do something stupid like the Beatles and, and say that you were bigger than God? That was the title of our second album. <laughs> nope, they learned the iron law of show business. What goes up must come down. Of course, they start mentioning all the people who've been hot forever. Bob Hope, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. Tom Jones, who I think they're all passed away now, right? Is Tom Jones still around? He was just on an episode. Oh yeah, we actually I think he is. I think we just confirmed he's still around. But yeah. I also absolutely love that Marge creates that Homer puppet. And it immediately terrifies oh, yeah. the kids. As it starts to fall apart and then the the tape warps. Yep. And they scream in terror. Did you notice a huge continuity error at this point? 
What? Santa's little helper is burying the head in the backyard. Santa's little helper did not exist in 1985. And there's no indication they had a dog before Santa's little helper. Continuity errors. These are things that you notice. Now, maybe that was a present-day thing and that head just happened to resurface, but I have a feeling they messed up. Let's see when we get to the trivia if that's mentioned or not, or if it's in the errors. We'll find out. And, of course, they can't they can't come up with a, with a new jingle. So, of course, they're writing a song about medical poop. Yeah, they're doing good. They're at the point where all they can get is ad jingles. Ad jingles. This is your worse than your song about Mr. T. And where the hell's I Barney? I pity the fool. And Barney I pity sh- the fool. Yes. Who doesn't respect thee. <laughs> And, of course, Barney shows up with a Japanese conceptual artist because we're doing the John and Yoko deal. Mm. And he's like, we got... Barbershop's going to grow stale. We've got to fix it up. So he puts on the new album, which is just number eight and the burp. But what actually does them in is Us Magazine's Hot or Not issue. Are we hot? We are not. And that's just it. They're just yep. over. They're just they done. <laughs> they break up. So, <clears throat> so Skinner returns to Hello, school. Hello, William. <laughs> I made millions in software, but I lost it at the, at the track. Apu's back to charging $12 for a quart of milk. And of course, Barney's back at Moe's. What'll it be, Barn? Uh, beer, Moe. And I would like a single plum. Floating in perfume served in a man's hat. And of course, Mo just has that. And, and then. Homer returns to. Plot hole number two. He wasn't a safety inspector in 1985. Sorry. Hey, well, it's a good thing because your your uh, replacement is starting to get run a little ragged. Queenie, yeah. Well, I'll find her a good home. And he pats his belly. And I did. So, of course, he Homer concludes the story, and the kids have questions, like, how come they never heard about it till today? Where's all the money? Where's the gold record? How, since when can you write a song? He's like, there's perfectly good answers to all of this, but they're going to have to wait for another night. And he shoes them off to bed. And as they disappear, he gets the idea to call everybody up, and they have a reunion on top of Moe's Tavern. They return, they sing Baby on Board, and that's the whole closing segment of the show, which has all kinds George of... George Harrison drives by and he goes, that's been done before. <laughs> yup. Uh, it's got great jokes, too, like the, the human fly guy that's being ignored. Yeah. <laughs> I stayed up all night trying to dye my underwear. Mm. And then they got the, uh, the paper boy. Extra B-sharp sing on rooftop. Hey, give me that. There's nothing here about the B-sharps, and you actually see the guy chasing the kid through the crowd as they gather. But, of course, the, the big highlight is Chief Wiggum and Lou watching. He's just like, it's pretty, huh, Chief? Sure is, Lou. <laughs> Get the tear gas. And then at the end, Homer, as the credits roll, Homer goes, I'd like to thank you on behalf of the group, and I hope we pass the audition. And everybody laughs, and Barney just goes, I don't get it. Homer's Barbershop Quartet. A really fun way to kick off the fifth season. 
I got some trivia about this episode, of course. So let's talk about the vocals. Who provided the vocals of the B sharps? Do you know the answer to this trivia question, Dan? Not off the top, but I am on Wikipedia, so you give me a minute. <laughs> uh, look it up and see if you uh, if you've heard of these guys before, because I know I have. Well, of course I have. Once you realize who they are. Uh, um, it would be the Dapper Dance. Yes, sir. The Dapper Dans, which of course were the famous Disneyland street performers. And but they, they, a, but they distinct, distinctly, distinctly sounded like those four guys, though. They did, yes. I think they did mix in the voices when they needed to. Like, when, when Skinner does the closing line, you know... Goodbye, my Coney Island babe. I'm pretty sure that that was Harry Shearer. I mean, we know Harry Shearer has some form of a singing voice, considering he's, you know, in a band. He was he's in a couple. In... Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, so let's go over all of the references to the Beatles. By the way, that one of my other favorite pieces of trivia about this is the fact that it was only a five and a half week stint. Which meant but it they was... managed to release an album that won a Grammy during yep. that time. And, yep, the rise and fall. <laughs> so, the first album is Meet the Beat Sharps, which is a parody of Meet the Beatles. Mm -hmm. uh, Moe's Cavern is a reference to the Cavern Club in Liverpool, where the Beatles used to perform. Uh, Chief Wiggum being thrown out of the band for being two village people. Is a mirror of Pete Best being replaced by Ringo Starr? The uh, you've just recorded your first number one was a line said by George Martin right after they recorded "Please, Please Me." Nigel telling Homer to keep his marriage a secret is the same thing Brian Epstein told John Lennon to do. The reference to the funny one is a reference to George Harrison as the quiet one. Of course, the B-Sharps Bigger Than Jesus album is a direct parody of Abbey Road where they're walking on water. But they're doing the sideways walk across the street. <clears throat> and of course, the uh, what did you do to screw up your popularity, which was the quote from John Lennon. They said they were bigger than Jesus. Uh, the album's back cover is the parody of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts with Homer as Paul McCartney. Number eight is a reference Yeah, he's facing the other direction, which means he died. Oof. <clears throat> of course, we, we know that the Yoko Ono reference, number eight is a reference to Revolution 9. Yep, number 9. Number 9. And, of course, the Apple Course rooftop performance during Get Back, which is why George Harrison goes, it's been done. Not as a reference to the B-Sharps performing, but as a direct reference to himself. And all the reporters laughing did parody the... Uh, the press conference that we mentioned. 
Of course, we've already talked about Prisoner 24601. This is the second Beatle. We'll get a third one uh, two seasons from now. We talked about all the stuff that uh, that Homer Homer believes is junk. <clears throat> in fact, in 2010, an action number one actually sold for $1 million. Pinky to lips. Of course, we, we talked about the violin, Stradivarius... Stradivarius, yeah. Stradivarius is the is the uh, brand that is the most expensive, and if it's signed by the man himself, it's worth a fortune. Supposedly priceless. Yes. Uh, the nineteen eighteen Jenny stamps in two thousand five, one of them sold for five hundred twenty five thousand dollars, so over half a million, which is still great. And that's a whole sheet. Yes, and that's a whole sheet. One stamp sold for that much. So let's do some George Harrison trivia. When he arrived at the recording studio, the casting director told Al Jean and Mike Reese that Harrison was coming. They were not allowed to tell anybody because it was tended to be a secret to the staff. And of course, when they returned to the writing room... Matt Groening's like, guess who I just met? George Harrison. Nobody told him it was supposed to be a secret. So it was actually Groening that ruined it. Uh, And he arrived by himself. No entourage, no bodyguards. And he was pretty glum and unenthusiastic. But all about, they're asking questions about the Beatles. He's just like, whatever. And then Groening started asking him about Wonderwall. And he suddenly perked up because nobody ever asked him about it. That reminds me, again, another wrestling reference here. That reminds me of the story when Jericho, Chris Jericho first called Chris Benoit to ask him for advice about going to Japan. And he said that Benoit was super cold and curt with him. He's just like, he's like, I bet you wannabe wrestlers called him all the time asking for advice. So finally, he's like... It's like, I cut to the chase and said, hey, I've been invited to go train at the dojo. And Benoit immediately softened because, obviously, you know that's a big deal. Not everybody got asked to train at at a Japanese dojo. And immediately Benoit's like, oh, my God, yes, go do it. Like, that's just it, right? People probably get asked and, and are heard the same stuff all the time. But if you ask someone famous about something that, like, they're not used to or they don't often hear about something they're proud of, they'll open up. I've heard that story a bunch of times. You just I have to ask George Harrison about the movie production company he made to help Monty Python make their movies. Oh my god, that would have been great. I bet he was super proud of that. So who is at the Grammy Awards party? We have Leon Kampowski. He's there. All the Spinal Tap members are there. And Aerosmith. They don't have any lines, of course, but they're all there. Of course, Kampowski being there is significant because he's supposed to be the Michael Jackson in this, in this, in this show's universe. He's Michael Jackson. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think... Uh... I think we've gotten just about as much 
trivia as we can do here. The pink Cadillac that Homer buys Grandpa is a reference of Elvis getting one for his mother. But there's really not that much else to uh, to talk about here. There's a deleted scene, however, we don't get to see. Skinner goes to talk to his mom, and she says, asks if he's been with a woman. He says no, and then she asks for a bath, followed by Mag laughing in a close-up of the Psycho Parody House. They, uh, unfortunately, they cut that, but I think that would have been a fun little reference. Oh, there you have it. Homer's Barbershop Quartet. What do you think, Dan? It's a real fun episode. Really good way to start the season. Yeah, it's a it's a classic. It's fun. And it's, uh... What, what I like about it is that it has all these references, right, to all this other stuff. And, of course, the kids immediately are like, this doesn't make any like it's it's self aware almost you know oh how do you know that like this is this is the deal right like how, and they just like how do you know all this stuff like how did this even happen and Homer just refuses to answer the questions and of course this uh what this episode comes up later in another goat episode mm hmm. As a certain normal person realizes that this fucking oaf has a Grammy. <laughs> Among yeah. other things. <laughs> Want to see my Grammy? No! <laughs> so, yeah. That's all for this episode. Uh, our next episode it's my number one ranked episode of the simpsons yep we're finally there and you've been anticipating this it's the it'll be the 83rd episode of the series but it's dan's favorite been anticipating this since we reviewed it dan tell everybody what we're talking about next time next episode is cape fear that's right that's right and it's in my if it ain't top three it's top five it's absolutely in my top five I can safely say it's in my top five. It's been a while since I've actually evaluated what my top episodes are. And I've already mentioned Treehouse of Horror 3 is number one. This is up there. There's there's an episode we haven't reviewed yet that's up there. And also Homer at the Bat yeah, is up there. But yeah, the next episode I'm thinking of that's like in my top five isn't until season eight. So, Yep, and that one, yeah, there's two season... <laughs> Yeah, there's two season eight episodes actually that uh that are in that are up there. Two of I them. I looked it up the other day. I was like, "Hey, when is that coming up?" And oh my gosh, shit, that's season eight. There's two. Yeah, and they both have one-off characters in them. I bet you know the other one I'm talking about too. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. We will get to that. So yes, this is uh. But we have concluded Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Join us next time for Cape Fear. Uh, Dan already took care of the plugs, but uh, you know, check us out and all that stuff. And we'll see you next time on the Stupid Sexy Podcast. It's like I'm podcasting nothing at all. <laughs>